Hey, this is Nathan. And this is Thomas. We are here today with Not the Pastor, and we have a good friend of ours, Chris Rayfield, as our special guest today on the show. And he's going to talk about us, uh, talk with us about something that's pretty challenging, and that is how to minister to Mormons. Chris, he knows his stuff when it comes to this. He spent six and a half years living with his family, he and his family living in Logan, Utah. And so, man, they were right there in the heart of Mormon country. And so I'm just looking forward to hearing some some mindsets there that will be a help to us as, as we just have a, a heart and a radar for ministering to Mormons that we may come in contact with. Good to have you on the show today, man. Been looking forward to this. So you spent over six years in Logan, Utah, and we actually visited you there one time, right? Yep. I think in the middle of your time there in Utah and got to see it firsthand, see the ministry, see that area of Utah. And and it, it is pretty isolated out there. I mean, we're talking uh, right in the middle of Mormon country for one, and that has a, a spiritual vibe to it. Just mm-hmm. in my couple of days there, I could feel that. Can mm-hmm. you maybe just go into a little bit of what, what was it like serving there in Logan, Utah? What, what were the, the difficulties? Maybe what were the, the blessings of, of serving there? Well, we loved our time there. Um, I'd be there right now if I thought that's where the Lord wanted me to be. And my, you know, I've, we've got seven kids, my wife and I, and oh. the older three or four still um consider that home and talk about people there and miss the old house which i'm thankful to be out of we uh, we bought a house <laughs> that was actually built in 1899 oh boy and wow it had six bedrooms and was about 2000 square feet just a really old house and we bought it before the market went up there so it was you know we bought about 4 years ago and it just had problems. There was no air conditioning, um, just a lot of issues. And so I'm glad to be out of it, but my kids still want to be there. They still think that house right. is better than the one we have now and they just miss it. And, you know, we, we loved our time there in Utah. Um, love the community. You know, we, there's, there's a lot that I could talk about, about living in Utah. Um, mm. Isolation is a part of it, you know, for the longest time, uh, there was only one independent Baptist church in the valley, um, in the whole county, as far as I know, well, that, you know, and then another one was started uh, about six years ago. And so now there are two, but we're talking, you know, 120,000 people there. And there's one independent Baptist church in the whole county, the next county next to us, as far as I know, didn't have one. And then the county the other way also didn't have one. And so for me to, um, Um, No, I'm sorry. The county to the west, I did have a church there. And so, you know, for me to fellowship with a pastor, it would be um, an hour south um, down to Salt Lake and Ogden area or two and a half hours north up into Idaho. And I'd find some churches up there or three hours west into Wyoming. And so when there was a when there was a fellowship or a get together, which usually took place in Idaho, then we'd have guys traveling all day to get there basically uh, from Wyoming, Idaho, Utah, Montana, just kind of the whole region to come together uh, because it is so spread out. And so, and another thing is, and I I know it's probably come up later as well, that my wife and I, we aren't involved in social media, you know, at all. And so it's just a decision that we've made um, years ago. We just never, never opened an account is basically what it is. 
And so, uh, you know, you, you don't hear things, you're not involved in the general conversation. I, you know, moving back here to Oklahoma City, we find out things that happened five years ago that I right. have no idea about. And that is, yeah. in a sense, I'm glad for that. But also in another sure. sense, it's like, you just, you have to be a lot more intentional in making those connections if you're right. not involved in those media. And I already mm -hmm. told you I'm not the squeaky wheel. And so I'm not intentional in making those connections yeah. and keeping them up. So it just, you know, your, your context gets really localized and you don't have a lot right. of uh, conversations with people outside of that. And so that's a big part of living in the area like that. At least it can be a danger um, that you have to be aware of. But yeah. Utah is a great place. Um, very clean, very, uh, I'm trying to think of the right, right word. Very, um, there's not a lot of crime. Hmm. Um, it's safe, but it's, it's deceptively safe because of the spiritual oppression that's there. Yes. and the spiritual expectation that's there. So, mm. you know, Mormonism, I mean, Brigham Young led them to uh, that territory, which is a part of Mexico back in the 1800s. And then it was a territory, and then it was a state. And so they, it's, it's, their, it's their culture, it's their community, it's their heritage. And so the you know, state of Utah has 3 million people. 2 million of them are on the roll of the LDS church. So that's two-thirds of the wow. state is that's Mormon. Wow. Uh, the valley that we lived in was closer to 90% uh, Mormon. And so you, they have ethics and they have morals, yeah. but it's an exterior religion that you're trying to conform to from the outside with no change taking place on the inside. Mm -hmm. And so whereas people aren't stealing cars and attacking each other, there's prescription drug abuse, there's mm -hmm. uh, abuse in a family, uh, incest. Right. And so kind of the behind closed doors crimes are suicide, uh, some of the highest rates in the country per capita in Utah. Wow. wow. So um, it's a it's a different kind of manifestation of darkness, because there's a yeah. an expectation to conform on the outside, but they don't have the ability to do that. And so there's yeah. a lot of stress and depression there. Yeah. Chris, how did you uh, minister well in that kind of a situation? Um, just knowing some of the, the, the that kind of a mindset that I'm doing good, I'm I'm obeying all the laws, those kind of things. It often leads people to the place where they are feel like they're fine, and especially in mm. a place where uh, they already have religion, like they already mm -hmm. have something like that. How, how do you, do you minister well in that kind of a place? Well, one thing that I've come to believe after having lived there for six and a half years is that there really is no other place in America like Utah, where 90% of the people in your county all go to the same kind of church, or at least are all on the rolls of the same kind of church. Mm. And they believe the same things generally. And their fifth generation in that community right. and they can name the relative who came with the Mormons back in the 1800s wow. to the territory and they wow. know if they have lineage to Brigham Young or Joseph Smith or one of the early presidents and they they're big into ancestry and so it's um you know I, I liken it I think probably it's like a maybe a, a Catholicism in South America where it is the mm -hmm. whole it's the culture and you're Catholic yeah. because you're there and all the everything revolves around that. And it's, it's a lot the same way with Mormonism there. Just an example, I mean, they have a holiday, Pioneer Day, uh, which is coming up. Uh, man, I can't believe I forgot. I think it's July 24th. 
And a lot of communities celebrate it more than the 4th of July. And so they have fireworks stands that open in June for the 4th of July, but those stay open the whole month of July. And a lot of times on Pioneer Day, there's bigger displays and bigger shows. And that's a state holiday. And it has to do with them discovering the valley. It has to do with them becoming a state. It has to do with their history and their heritage. And so it's, it's more of a celebration for them. Wow. And um, the, even then the country is often. So there's just, you know, different cultural things like that. I, I was thinking through this the other day, um, just thinking about trying to explain maybe the process of ministering to somebody who's in the LDS church or trying to help them along. Yes. And I, I wrote this down. I said, most of the time before a Mormon is saved, they've gone through quite a long journey. Uh, first, they've realized something was wrong in their own church's theology, which I'm of the opinion, actually, that most people in the LDS or in the Mormon church um, know something's not right, hmm. but they're in it. And it's, yeah. it's their community, and it's their culture, and it's their family, and it's their heritage. And so yeah. they, they can sense the inconsistencies in the illogical teachings, but it's, yeah. it's too much work, too much of a hassle to do anything about it. And so you know, for, to bring somebody out of the LDS church, if you're trying to go from, I'm a Mormon attending the services to I'm now a Christian attending a Christian church to make that journey, they first got to realize something's amiss in their own church. They've been honest enough to admit it to themselves and not just brush it under the rug. They've slowly separated from the church, begin missing stuff. Um, they've grown cold towards religion eventually and their family has grown cold to them. And mm. they've met a coworker often during this time as they're coming out of the church who maybe attends them to, a, or invites them to a gospel preaching church and they've agreed to show up. And then they've kept attending because it's interesting. The Holy Spirit is working on them. So to get somebody from an involved Mormon to a saved, baptized church member, is it's, it's a long, long process. Wow. It, wow. it begins with something's wrong in the church I'm in, in the middle somewhere, the family disowns them, which is, a, a, you know, it's still part of the culture there. And usually uh, when somebody leaves Mormonism, they become agnostic or atheistic for a few years because they've been burnt by religion. And it yeah. takes a long time before they're even willing to listen. And wow. so, uh, you know, we, we had a few people in our church <clears throat> who were ex-Mormons. Um, just, just the way our church culture was, a lot of the people were transplants from other states, um, mm. either for college or mm. for work. Um, we only had a few families that used to be Mormon and weren't any longer. And it's a long process no. um, to take somebody through that journey. And usually yeah. you're only in for just a part of it. Sure, um, sure. You might be like the that. first service they ever attend where they hear something that makes them question what they believe. Uh, you might be, you know, the last service where they call on the Lord and join the church. But it's a mm. it's a long process that... Yeah. is involved there yeah sounds like it's a uh, um at least some of that somewhere along the way has to do with relationships and showing jesus um in a workplace like you mentioned showing jesus through uh those church services that they might come to those kind of things mm, no, that's a, not so much. that's <laughs> a big part of it okay this is something i learned so okay. yeah you know I've, I've read books on evangelizing uh so i'm sorry i should have qualified this uh, Mormons, LDS, members of the Church of Christ of Jesus of Latter-day Saints, or, sorry, members of the church. Yeah, anyway, they're all the same people. I don't know if maybe everybody's familiar with those terms, yeah. but they prefer to be called the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints. 
and that's their official title and the the new mormon president has said that's what they're supposed to be called so i'm not trying to be offensive when i use these other terms but i don't know how many mormons are going to be listening to this uh but so they're they're commonly known as mormons hopefully a bunch (laughs) (laughs) well then we should probably take this conversation another direction so we can talk about some theology but uh okay the um they are very pushed and uh made to also be neighborly and to be kind and to be Mm -hmm. loving and so when you do those things as you're supposed to you don't really stand out right that makes you're you're like they are i mean we Mm -hmm. had when we moved we had a neighbor lady from down the street take our kids and go watch them for a little while because uh, we just had a lot of stuff. We were trying to get packed up. We had to be out. The house was selling. We had to be out by a certain time. We're trying to load up the truck. And so this, you know, Mormon lady from down the street, she had a couple girls our kids would play with. She offered to watch the kids. And so she did. We had another one that would give us vegetables and would uh, bring us uh, desserts all the time. Um, we would go to people's houses. They would invite us over. Um, just, you know, I had a guy who would attend our churches and he was a staunch Mormon and he was always trying to convert me, but he would give me books and he would give me literature and he would bring us bags of produce. And it's just, you know, a part of their, a part of the religion, the way they reach people is just through kindness and through helping. Um, There's a project that needs to be done. They can, they have the resources, they have the power. They're going to call people and be there to help you. Um, You know, I've had Mormons come to the church and say, you know, if you need help here at the church with anything, let us know. Um, we can help you with the yard work. We can help you paint. We can do some stuff like that. And so I'm not saying you don't need to show Christ in that way. Right. But what I'm saying is that they have a counterfeit that yeah. so, so as that you don't really stand out. Gotcha. And so no, that makes sense. Thanks for helping you, that way. You need to do that and you need to, right. to live out your faith. But, you know, something that a pastor said to me one time that's, that stuck with me, and I think it's helpful, is that you look for the people who are looking when you're in utah because Mm. there are going to be people who are questioning whether silently Mm. or verbally and Mm. those are the people not that you ignore the rest but those are the people where you actually have some a sense of hope Mm. and like you're Mm. like you're making progress and like you're doing uh something because the average mormon is going to shut you down and have an answer for every question and be just as nice and kind and bring you things and so but but the people who are questioning, the people who are separating from the church, the people who do have friends in your church, those are the people who you maybe focus on more as a, as ripe and ground mm-hmm. that's ready. Yeah. Um, you'll you'll feel like you're hitting your head against a brick wall if you try to win every Mormon. Sure. You know, the pastor that I served under was the greatest door knocker I've ever met in my life. And when he first moved there back in '82 uh, or '83, I can't remember now. He would, he would just knock doors. Uh, he didn't have anything to do, just go knock doors. Knock doors all the time, talk to people all the time. He said he would get home at the end of the day just exhausted because it was an argument and a battle at every door. And when you think back then, it was probably more like 95% LDS in the Valley. So you're talking nine out of 10, 10 out of wow. 10 doors you knock on, you're getting the exact same response every time. Wow. And it was just a battle. And that's, uh, so evangelism there, I, I say this and maybe it's not really, uh, kind, but I don't know of any ministry that's effectively reaching Mormons in that you're going after 
groups or uh, staunch or people who are in the Mormon church and seeing them mm. converted. I, yeah. I, you, you, you see people being converted, but typically, it, like I said, it's a long process and yeah. they've been out of the church sure. for a while. Um, okay. and they've grown cold towards religion and yeah. somebody's invited okay. them and, okay. uh, it's a, it's just a different type of manifestation or expression of evangelism and of ministry, maybe than you would find in other contexts. Sure. Sure. Mm-hmm. I think it's helpful to say that you're, you're looking for people that are looking, seeking people that are seeking. Um, that, that makes good sense. I appreciate that, that mindset. That's probably helpful in um in in a brighter broader context as well would be my guess is that often that's who the people that are going to become and join in churches and being added to that faith is probably people that are looking that god's already working in their heart would be Mm -hmm. another way to say that yeah and my just you know my mindset in that is obviously the gospel is for everybody and you want to reach everybody but Mm -hmm. there you can get a real sense of discouragement when you get the exact same answer all the time. Sure. And yeah, that's, that's all you're hearing. Mm-hmm. And so all you're yeah. hearing is I go to the church over here, the LDS church. And so when you find somebody who's genuine or somebody who is no longer a part of the church, somebody who is looking, then it's like a, it's, it's an opportunity. And it's a so really, it's like a second wind that helps you keep going mm-hmm. because you're going to have to go through a lot more of the other people, the types of people before you hear another opportunity like that of somebody who says, well, I used to go to the Mormon church, but I, I don't anymore. And that's an opportunity um, that you don't come across very often. Very good. I appreciate you helping, helping me with that. Thank you. Yeah, that is, that's good. I've often wondered, boy, is there a way that we can effectively reach them? It sounds like just extending grace, being forgiving it sounds like they probably come out of some pretty um legalistic uh by the book oh, yes. not a lot not a lot yeah. of grace in their churches and so legalism by the true sense of the word yes so. well and every time that i've heard somebody mention i it, it's rare that you hear them say I, I used to be a mormon and i you know i don't go to church anymore it seems like every time i've heard that it's been you know i just i got burnt because I didn't mm-hmm. do something right and they kicked me out or, or something along those lines. And so it seems like just having a forgiving, gracious, uh, loving in that sense, uh, loving uh, heart would be an open door to them. You know, we're, we're, we're all fallen here. We're all sinful. You know, let's, let's grow together. Um, like that could be helpful if you can some way effectively communicate that to them. Right. Yeah. Um, talking about effective communication, something I focused on a lot while I was there and just have in mind, even as we're talking about this, is that it's important not to offend a Mormon. And I, you know, I want to clarify that um, the gospel is offensive sure. because it's exclusive. Mm-hmm. It yes. says, whatever you believe, you're wrong, unless this is what you believe. And so that's an offensive yeah. message. Yeah, in, in but, a sense it is, yeah. Yeah, but you don't have to be offensive in the way right. that you communicate it. Uh, you know, Good. Proverbs eighteen nineteen says, a brother offended is harder to be won than a strong city, and their contentions are like the bars of a castle. And when you mm-hmm. offend somebody, there's a defense system that goes up. There's a wall that goes up. Yes. And it's easy to offend Mormons, because they okay. view themselves as a 
persecuted minority, which, you know, is in a sense, that's right. And in a mm. sense, it's might not be as accurate. I um, mean, they, they were persecuted, um, which is why they're in Utah, because they were in New York, they were in Ohio, they were in uh, Illinois and Missouri, and they were kicked out and they were moving. And, you know, things happened. They finally came out here where nobody was to Utah and then are out there. And so then they had their own place. So they have a history of, you know, uh, people kicking them out and moving them along. Even some battles um, were fought. And so they, they have this mindset of persecution. And uh, Mormon people are also taught that whenever somebody questions your faith, that's the, the devil trying to put doubt in your mind. So don't even entertain what they're saying. Just shut it down and shut it off and don't listen to it. And so... Oof it's really easy to offend them. And at that point you have like a almost 0% chance of communicating anything that they're going to hear. And so I, I was very careful to know who was in our service, which wasn't hard when you've got, you know, 30, 40 people on a Wednesday and maybe a high of 70 on a Sunday morning. I yeah. think we hit 89 one Sunday morning, which was the most I'd ever seen in there. And it was amazing. Yeah. I went out and yeah. bought some new chairs and then we didn't need them because our numbers dropped <laughs> right back down. But yeah. it was, uh, it's pretty easy to see, you know, okay, I know everybody here except for that person. And after a while you can tell, okay, they're a Mormon. It's, it's, yeah. it's an ability you pick up. I can tell by the way they carry themselves, by what they're wearing, by what they have, by everything. They're either in the church or they have been in the church, you know? And so, you're mindful of uh, who's there. And I was mindful not to make fun of, which is always a yeah, temptation, not, not to belittle LDS doctrine, not to right. crack a joke at their expense. Mm, um, if, if we were coming through a section of scripture that addressed something that they believed wrongly, then I would mention that, but not in right. a, a derogatory way, not in yes. a making fun of them way. Mm-hmm. Um, I never wanted Mormonism to be the butt of my joke, good. especially yeah. from the pulpit. That's um, good. And in fact, when we had guest preachers in, I made it a habit because they obviously don't know yeah. who's a member, who's not a member, who who's who is the first time, who it's not. I would make it a point of saying, you know, these people are visiting, these people are Mormons, because the last thing I wanted is for them to get up there. And, yeah. you know, we're all Christians, we're all brothers, let's just make jokes about this crazy religion right. out here. Well, right. 99% of the people are laughing and agree with you. But the one yeah. percent that probably really needed the message today just shut the rest of the everything down. Yeah, yeah. And so, just not to to communicate with kindness and love and treat That's them good. with respect. Obviously, you disagree. Obviously, yes. you can point out the inconsistencies. Obviously, mm-hmm. you think you would never be in that position. But their history, their family. Mm-hmm. Um, all the people they meet at the workplace, all the people they meet at the grocery store, their grandparents, everything is saying yeah. this is right and you're right. And don't worry about what doesn't make sense because it's all right. And yeah. so there's a lot of pressure just to stay. Yeah. And, you know, you talk about effectively reaching Mormons. I, I think probably one of the most effective tools is a tool you can use that other Mormons don't know about. And what I mean by that is, I believe a lot of Mormons are seeking, and I said that earlier, mm-hmm. um, not in those words, but that a yeah. lot of them are questioning the things they're taught, oh, yeah. but they won't do it openly. That takes mm-hmm. a big step okay. because right. There's, right. There's ostrac- uh, they're ostracized, they're looked down upon, they're wondered about. And so there's a lot of questioning parts. And if you can give them a way to search out those questions, 
privately. Mm. They might not attend your service, but they might read some literature. They might go to a website. They might watch mm. a video and, and they might submit a question. And so just those ways that people can question without being exposed, I That's think good. is an effective way to do it. Um, in fact, yeah. you know, you're probably gonna have to cut a lot of this out, but when we get off the topic okay. <laughs> of Mormonism and their theology and different things, it's just something that I can go on about for a little yeah. while. They released uh, some papers, the Mormon church did official Mormon papers, where they are addressing some of the weirder theologies that they have. Um, so polygamy. Um, really? Blacks in the priesthood. Um, why women are not in the priesthood. Um, just a, a lot of weird questions that will become gods, that Adam was a manifestation of God, that, that Jesus and Satan were brothers. I mean, we get into the theology. There's lots of crazy things out there that we would kind of laugh at. And there are things that the church has distanced themselves from or has tried to downplay mm -hmm. as they've tried to fit in more to mainstream Christianity. Right. But the problem is that if I'm in the Mormon church and I hear this thing that my friends are joking about and I think, well, we don't believe that. Well, all I have to do is jump on the internet and I can find out pretty quick what I hear that on Sundays at church, but I can do my own research. And a yeah. lot of the research, it's, it's other groups, other apologetic groups, other Christian groups who are saying this is what Mormons believe. And so what the Mormon church is trying to do is get out ahead of that now and say, well, yes, these are the things we believe, but let me explain yes. them from our viewpoint rather than some other Christian group explaining it. So they're releasing their own explanations of those things to kind of try to head off uh, yeah. some of the damage maybe yeah. that would come. So now if I'm an 18-year-old Mormon and I'm trying to decide whether I'm going to stay in the church or not, and I want to know, well, what was Joseph Smith about with these 20-something wives and some of them who are under the age of 16, what's this all about? I can go to some Christian website and get their viewpoint, or I can read the papers from the Mormon church and get their yeah. viewpoint. But there are people searching, and I mm -hmm. think, you know, effective ministry may, might be to provide places for them to go uh, where they feel safe and asking those questions and getting uh, the information they're looking for. Yeah, that's good. Mm -hmm. That's good. That's insightful. That reminds me. It reminds me almost um, a little bit about the episode from Addison Smith um, talks about using YouTube as a tool there. Yeah. Um, and it's, I mean, it, not obviously for LDS specifically, he just talked about the, so many people are online that it's a great place to meet people and YouTube is a search based kind of thing. So you can put the question right in the title and answer it. And that's can be a way to be a, um, a help. Sounds like something like that would be, could potentially be helpful in that situation. Well, thank you so much, Chris. It sure has been good talking to you today, and I appreciate your expertise when it comes to ministering to Mormons. Thank you so much for joining us today on Not the Pastor. If you enjoyed the content, we would ask that you would go to to whichever podcast hosting site that you found us on, rate and review this podcast. We would love if you gave us five stars. And if you don't, for whatever reason, give us some reasons why. We want to do better if you find some reason why we can't do that. But really, we know you're going to give us five stars. And so we appreciate that. If you want to join our conversation, we would love to have you on our Facebook page, facebook.com backslash not the pastor. So if you would join us there and, and just join the conversations we're having, we're looking forward to seeing you again next week. Until then, we're not the pastor.